our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we talk about the latest DVDs and Blu-rays that come out for the Redbox uh, entertainment system, if that's what you want to call it. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Brooks Phelan. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest hits of the summer, Wonder Woman, uh, starring Gal Gadot. And in honor of the strong female lead, we will talk about our top five movies with a woman protagonist, woman lead. So this yeah. this one goes. It's Girls Night Out tonight. Girls Night Out, baby. <laughs> Brought to you by two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Wonder Woman, DC. What do you think about superhero movies? Before we get into it. Uh, I mean, they're all very well produced. I mean, they're all big budget movies. Yeah. It's, I mean, of course, like the Spider-Man 1 and 2 were all right. Spider-Man 3 was pretty terrible. But <laughs> other than that, I think as a whole, the Spider-Man movies, the DC and Marvel Universe, they're pretty good. Yeah. What do you prefer, DC or Marvel? Uh, I don't know much about the whole universes of those each but i would say probably marvel that's what i'm talking about that's me yeah. marvel zombie from way back as the saying goes and uh yeah casey he's a dc more of a dc guy so it's nice to have some friendly fire around here yeah <laughs> what do you think of the the movies in the dc extended universe um started with man of steel then you had Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Suicide Squad so far. I thought they were pretty much letdowns. Yeah. <laughs> As a whole, I mean. And even on an individual individual level, like, they were built, like I said, they have high budgets, they have a lot of advertising power, and they didn't live up to what they were supposed to do, especially Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's terrible. It's freaking yeah. terrible. And so is Batman vs. Superman. Man of Steel is okay. I kind of like that one a little bit more than the others, but the other two are terrible. So that's like where we're coming in with Wonder Woman, fourth time out. No good track record for this, you know, universe. Uh, first time that a female lead is in one of these big Marvel DC movies, at least for a very long time. Uh, you got a woman director in a superhero movie for like one of the first times ever. And people loved it this summer. Made a ton of money. Got great reviews. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what what were your expectations coming into this? Uh, I mean, like I said, like I've said before, they have a lot of advertising power, and they do the whole media circuit with the late shows and all that. Gal Gadot. Which I think is how you say her name. I think it's Gal Gadot. Gadot, okay. If but, I'm not uh, mistaken. I mean, I, th I thought she did a fantastic job. I thought she did a great job with her media obligations. I didn't really know what to expect because I don't know 
much about Wonder Woman or her backstory. Right. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about that either because I'm a big comics guy, but like I said, I'm mostly Marvel, some Batman, but never really read Wonder Woman. Yeah, and uh, it's the first 15 minutes of the film, I am just wanted to turn it off, but from there, it did not disappoint, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so did you know that it was going to be set in World War One? It's basically a one long flashback. I did not. I mean, it's not. It goes all over the spectrum in the long run, but uh, no, I did not know it was going to be World War One. And I, even through the film, I didn't know if it was World War One for sure. I thought about it was World War Two because of the Nazi paraphernalia and the uh, shit Nazi paraphernalia could have been two thousand seventeen. Yeah, well. Just like the uh, no, I like the, the girl <laughs> on the Nazi side. Yeah, I forget her. Doctor you know Doctor Poison. Yeah, well, that's like a play on World War Two stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's, I mean, the the Nazis in the uh, Holocaust, they had a Doctor Death, as they called him, who did experiments and stuff and like that. So it was like a play between the two world wars, in my opinion. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, all right, I'll just set it up. Directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, Danny Houston, and David Thewlis. Uh, like you said, it starts off in, uh, with one woman as a, as a young, young lass in, uh, the world of Themyscira, or Themyscira. It's like an, uh, a forgotten island. With like mystical powers, where all these Amazonian women train to be warriors, there's not a man in sight, and uh, yeah, the movie opens up with that. You basically follow her as she wants to train with her aunt, played by Robin Wright. I can't remember the character's name, but uh, her mom keeps refusing to let her train. She eventually like sneaks to training, right, and then one day uh, the war breaks out right on the. The island and puts people in jeopardy. It's been a few yeah. months, is that correct? Yeah, and I thought the, like, the beginning was very confusing. In that, like, Robin Wright and her co-stars in the, on the island looked very similar. Yeah, they're all wearing, like, uh, similar colors. The gold, the, the armor. I thought it was a cool look. I actually loved the opening sequence of the movie, the 15 minutes set in Themyscira. Uh, I guess I could see where you come from. I've heard other people complain that it's like, kind of doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. I just thought it was, it wasn't even that it didn't fit. It was, I thought it was overacted, over costumized. I don't know. It just, it looks very uh, phony and corny to me. See, it's kind of like Man of Steel when when uh, the movie starts off and it's at Krypton, it's basically the first 10, 15 minutes are on Krypton with all the CGI and Russell Crowe is his father. Do you remember that part? Did you did you like that stuff? Yeah, and I think it's totally different. It's not even that it was, it was something about CGI. It was nothing about, I just thought, I didn't think Robin Wright did a very good job. Man, I didn't, it's crazy. I didn't like, I t- personally, it, like, I started watching it. 
yesterday was the first time I saw the film. And I just, it really off put me. I thought it was overacted. I thought the costumes didn't look good. I, I wouldn't say it was the young girl who played uh, Wonder Woman in the beginning. I wouldn't say it was her fault. I just thought, like, especially Robin Wright. Robin, yeah. yeah she's no longer <laughs> and, married to Sean Penn, so. Well. She used to be Robin Wright Penn, right? Yeah, yeah. And her sister is a queen, and I just thought it was overacted, and it was by far the worst part of the film to me. That's fair. I thought Robin Wright was a badass. And I thought the action was really well choreographed during that action scene. I thought it looked great visually, like the lush island land and looking yeah, out that, over the water. Yeah, like that part was like very like Jurassic Park-esque. Yeah, that definitely got a Jurassic Park vibe. And I like the teamwork that, the, you know, they they all they do is sit there and train. And I feel like once they were put in action, the stakes were there. Some people lost their lives. Um I don't know. But it, hold, it holds no meaning in the whole thing of the film. Well, I mean, it kind of sets up where Wonder Woman comes from and why she's such a badass hero. No, and, I, yeah, and I understand that, but... And, like, her reason to even start her journey away from the island. Yeah, and maybe we'll get into this, but I thought it didn't lend to her character as a whole. Yeah, maybe not. Uh... Like I said, it's been two months since I've seen the movie. I probably should have rewatched it. But um well, I just I mean um I don't think it's very much for spoiler to say it's like as a character as a whole, she was very naive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so I just I don't know. I thought that it just it set it up poorly. It could have been done better. Fair enough. What did you think of Chris Pine though, as the it's just a, a cool little twist where you know, Gal Gadot is your main character, your super, your superhero, and then usually it's a guy, and then there's a love interest who basically is just uh, there to serve the hero, and Chris Pine is that for her, which is kind of a cool reverse. He is, but he helps her at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. He's a spy for America, right? Yeah. He's a spy, American spy. And but he's working with, I mean, he doesn't work with the Americans at all. Right, because they're so. in Europe. They're in uh, England, yeah. London. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was phenomenal. I agree. And I thought Gal Gadot was amazing as Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah for sure. There's, I thought she was definitely the best person they could have cast as a character. She and definitely I, looks the part. Yeah, for sure. She's probably the one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. But other than that, I thought she acted perfectly. Yeah. I was and, uh, a little worried coming in. I know she had a cameo in in uh, Batman vs. Superman, and she was probably the best part in that movie. But, you know, she's mainly from the Fast and Furious movies, so come, I didn't know if she'd be able to handle the uh, the load as, the, as a, you know, a whole movie and... Not even a worry. She she killed it. Uh, Action-wise, she looked the part as far as just the character, but also just in motion. Like, it was believable when she was doing her superhero shit, and, uh, yeah, she no, did a great performance. Yeah, absolutely. I think she played the character that they set forth for her perfectly. Yep. So, I mean... She's the best thing about the movie. 
100%. For sure. Uh, Chris Pine, I think, was just as good in his role. Absolutely. He was great as well. He can't. He didn't get the chance to play like some badass that he could tend to play like in Star Trek or some other yeah. things. But yeah, he, this showed a, a different side to his his acting ability where he's more of like a comedic relief romantic interest. Yeah, but he also he added to the story and stuff. Oh sure, absolutely. His holding her back really let her blossom as Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he is great. And this the movie was surprisingly funny. I felt like, where yeah, for sure, it's kind of. I had, there was a lot of similarities between this and Captain America: The First Avenger, the the first Captain America movie. With as far as you know, it's like a fish out of water stuff that Captain America has gone through, and you know, being set on a war, based on a, a period piece in a world war. So I like that because I love the first Captain America. Yeah, I, I just so she's part of the Avengers, right? <laughs> Justice League. Justice League, okay. Two different universes. Yeah, one's DC, one's Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never been big in the comics, or even I don't think I've even seen all the superhero movies. But uh, what a as a, whole, as a whole, though, <laughs> I mean, I thought they did it perfectly. With tying it into the story they made the movie to be, like you said, World War One, which yeah. I would argue to be a mixture between World War One and World War Two. But uh, I thought they tied it in beautifully to be come up to modern times. Absolutely, I love the setting. I love the World War One ness of it all, especially that scene when she's in the trench. They're in the trench, and and she comes out by herself in order to. To fight them, and then they all come right behind her. That's just an amazing scene. And yeah, then, I uh, was like with the watchtower too. Yeah, yeah, that was all a bit rushed to me. I mean, it turned out to be good. I didn't expect it to move that quick. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they got there to the trenches, which is World War One esque, and uh, I just I thought they were. Really on a mission, but she just uh, she took care of business. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you know, we're overmatched. We got to retreat, and she said, "No way, I'm gonna take care of this shit right here." Yeah, but uh, I like the London setting too. When uh, they were just going around, like trying to get her to dress properly, and that's where a lot of the humor was found. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought you were trying to make her less distracting. Made her <laughs> yeah. to, like the most beautiful woman of all time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what'd you think of like the team, the band of brothers that they came together with? Uh, I liked them all except Charlie. Which one is that? The sniper guy. Shit, I can't even remember. That's uh... the Scottish guy. Okay, yeah. That's the yeah. only problem I had with the movie was these guys. I feel like they could uh done a little better job developing their characters because they're basically the movie starts we didn't mention it at a bookend where it's like her looking at this old picture that Batman found yeah and it sets up the whole entire thing and and ends on that note as well when they take Batman the picture Batman found that picture <laughs> Bruce Wayne I did not even realize that <laughs> and 
I thought they'd be like bigger characters, like more memorable. I, other than Chris Pine, like, uh, not not all that memorable. I mean, and I don't think they'll be in any other movies. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time seeing that. Like the Scottish guy, especially, I had a problem with because they made him out to be this drunkard, but awesome marksman. I don't think he shot a single person in the whole movie. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure he did. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> but she was, she sees like the quality of people, like, what's the, like, uh, redeem his character? Like, who's gonna sing for his Charlie? And he sings his in this dumb Scottish drunk accent. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, uh. What'd you think of the villains? Actually, I. I like the villains. You had Dr. Poison, as we mentioned earlier, and then Ares, the god of war. Which was uh, Voldemort in one of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, it was played by David Thewlis. Um, yeah, he was, well, that was one of the early ones, right? Yeah, the first one or second one. Yeah. yeah. No, the second one, second or third one. Yeah, I can't remember either, but I know what you're talking about. And then you also had... Danny Houston playing like more of a not like a super powered villain but a bad guy he was a Nazi general yeah well I guess they're Nazis don't really say to be politically correct but uh, uh, who was the female doctor Dr. Poison yeah she invented <laughs> something that made him like super powered but he didn't last long right yes yeah um so I guess at this point we're going to spoilers, yeah? Yeah, at this point, I mean, it seems like based off the box office intake and all that, most people have seen the movie, but if you haven't, yeah, check out now, come back. Definitely check out the movie. I loved it. I thought it yeah, was great. absolutely. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I thought it was a breath of fresh air. Just a lot of fun. You know, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I did, I did. Especially, like I said, I didn't enjoy the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's my personal uh, opinion. So I think it was definitely worth watching. Brooks just hates women. There was too many of them at once. So. <laughs> You're right. I hate women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into spoilers. All right. What so, you want to talk about? As a whole, I mean, I, the climax. I really, as soon as uh, real. Wonder Woman took a hold. I I really enjoyed the movie, and I thought she portrayed the real uh, being naive, and it like plays out to be where Chris Pine's character, you think he's right, and that she is just believing in this like uh, superstition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Ares isn't real and kills him, and nothing stopped. He's like, well. People just aren't good. Some people just aren't good. Yeah, I like that part. Like, I thought... I would have kind of liked it better if that's what the actual message ended up being. I think as a whole, it really did. Yeah? Yeah, because... I mean, she could have killed Dr. Poison. True. Easily. But she sees redeeming factors in these humans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think you could take it as you want, really, but 
I think she sees that people are bad and they're ugly. I think they're cruel things, but but there's given something the right circumstances they right. could be good people. You know, what give I mean? them the chance to prove it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think when they actually turned out to be the actual you got a war Ares? It's not Ares, though. It is. Is it? Yeah. I thought he said he wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Just from everything I've... It's her brother. Right? I can't remember the complicated, like, backstories. Well, before she kills him, she says, goodbye, brother. I guess because uh, she's a goddess of something. Well, and... Zeus created her and Zeus created him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe he was... But the way I portrayed it was that... Uh... He said, I'm not the god of war. He was like, we had our own world, and Zeus created humans, and they basically destroyed our world. And I've just been trying to give them hints how to destroy themselves. So maybe that is Ares. I guess it probably is Ares, the god of war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. What did you think of the character design, though, of him at the end? Yeah, I think he's a great protagonist. Like, uh, antagonist? Guess, antagonist, yeah. Um, like I said, he was great in the Harry Potter movie. And I thought he... I did not see that coming until he popped up into that uh, sniper box or whatever it is, the watchtower. Yeah. And uh, he melts her sword with his hand. I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was very well done. I did not see that coming. I've heard people complain about the final boss fight and that, you know, it didn't look good and the poor design. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I thought it was pretty cool. It definitely probably could have looked better. Yeah. I mean, this only had a budget of about $150 million, whereas, like, the Batmans of the world get 200 or so. so maybe... Yeah, $50 million is a big difference. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I th- I thought it could have been well better disguised with their CGI and stuff because it's pretty blatant. Yeah, true. But, but yeah. Uh, I thought I, don't know, I just thought the whole helmet thing was cheesy and how it came off. And I, didn't, I did like how once she really realizes her power and gets the lightning from Zeus and stuff that she destroys him with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but, uh, I thought it was a great movie. I mean, I thought there was a chance it could have just been overhyped, but no, it actually lived up to uh, to the billing this time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to be disappointed, but I was definitely greatly pleased with the way it turned out. At least you disliked the first 15 minutes and not the last 15 minutes. Yeah. It's always better to, like, get over that. I think I would have liked it way less if they would have tried to bring Chris Pontin's character back. Oh, yeah, we forgot to say he dies. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He blows uh, up the toxic gas in the middle of the air. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I think that was a good choice. I I didn't expect it. I thought he was going to live. But, uh... Well, I thought they were going to have a parachute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think she needs to suffer that loss to realize, like, the delicacy of human life. 
basically, and how fragile, you know, cling to the people you love because all that stuff. Yeah, and you see in the beginning of the movie that she's sitting in like a very high class office, gets the picture. I did not realize it was from Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, you see it come full circle, just like the last movie uh, we reviewed. That, I mean, because she's typing on like a laptop. Yeah. At the end of the movie. So it's like years and years later to basically modern times. So it comes full circle. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And apparently the next the next Wonder Woman movie is going to take place in the 80s. And what she did there. Yeah, I guess like, I don't know. Was there a war in the 80s? Cold War. Maybe it'll be about that. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Probably she's going to stop some nuclear bomb, I'd assume. Yeah, I would assume they would have went World War Two next, or like Vietnam. Well, like I was saying earlier, this is definitely a mix of World War One and World War Two, because there was a Doctor Mangle in World War Two, uh, the Nazis who basically invented the gas that uh, gassed all the Jews and everybody that killed the extermination camps. So it was like a mix of the two. They had the trench war- warfare, and they had. Uh, Gas. Well, there's definitely a lot of gas. That's why they had the uh, Geneva Convention. Gotcha. Because there was so much mustard gas used in World War One, they had to stop it because this is total annihilation. But it was a mix of the two, where they had a doctor who created the gas, and they had the trench warfare and all that stuff. So I can see why they didn't go World War Two. Yeah. What about Vietnam? Uh, I just don't think it plays very well to a movie. Except in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> when you get down to Vietnam, it's about fucking rape and pillaging. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> no, that's nasty <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right, what would you give it? Uh, heavy seven and a half. Yeah, I'm like heavy eight, like eight and a half. Yeah. I guess because, you know, that opening 15 minutes makes Yeah, sense. really, I, I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Got that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched, I watched it twice, and both times I was, I mean, last night I was talking to my dad, he was like, I was playing it real loud, I guess, he was like, I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but then I kept watching it, and it's very good. Nice. There you have it, folks. All right, so that's it for Wonder Woman. And let's move on to our top five women-led movies. Now, it is crazy how we don't get a lot of these. It's it's crazy. But it kind of makes sense when you look at it from, you know, people. A movie, where's the movie start with the script? Who are the people that write the scripts? Obviously, the writers. Yeah, probably and, writers. Yeah, and what do you write about from your own perspective? I think the biggest problem is there's not enough women in, you know, decision making, picking scripts from women, or there's not enough women script writers, and then it trickles down to there's not enough women directors, and so you know it's mostly a male oriented creation. 
people. Yeah, I think in modern times we're getting away from that a bit. Yeah, hopefully more and more. Yeah, but it's just, you know, you need more... Because people are going to tell stories that relate to themselves, so... You know, it's male-dominated, so you're going to get male-dominated stories. But that's not to say that there's not some great women-led movies, because there's plenty of them out there. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. But my number five is going to be my favorite actress of uh, modern times, Shiley Woodley, White Bird in a Blizzard. Yes, this terrible movie you love. God, you don't like it? It was okay. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I really like the plot twist, Gordon. I like uh, the the actress who plays her mom a lot. Uh, yeah, she's like French, right? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm having a mental blank. I'm super tired tonight, but uh been yeah, sick all uh, week. She did a great job in her role as being locked in a freezer. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, the French actress Eva Longoria—not Eva Longoria, Eva Green. Eva Green, she's amazing. Love her. <laughs> but White Bird in a Blizzard—that is your number five. Yeah, you you dog it, but I liked the movie a lot, especially the first time I saw it. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Got my heart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's okay. My number five, though, is where it's at. It's uh, a little film I like to call, because it's its title, Gravity, starring Sandra Bullock. Uh, have you seen this? I have not. You haven't seen Gravity? No. Holy sheep shit. Not a big fan of Sandra Bullock, though. Me either. I hate her guts, but... Uh, that might be overstating it, but <laughs> I uh, generally don't enjoy her that much. But uh, she's great in this, and the movie is fantastic. Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity was... It's in my top 100 of all time. Really? Probably top 75 or 50, maybe. Uh, wow. I could look up exactly where it is, but I'll save you the agony. I Bob's a stickler about his top... 75. <laughs> Top 100 I have on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, it's definitely... Because it's one of the... That year in film was amazing with the top three or four movies. I believe it was Gravity, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, 12 Years a Slave, and Her. All in the uh, same year. I haven't seen 12 Years a Slave yet. I mean, it's depressing as shit, but it's one of the best movies ever made. Well, that's besides the point. Yeah, it's one of the best movies ever made. And, yeah. So, Gravity, it's like a roller coaster ride. Especially if you saw it in IMAX in the movie theaters. Like, that is one of the best movie-going experiences that I've, I've ever had. It's super intense. It really immersive. really puts you in that, that mindset. Incredible visual effects. I just love the storytelling on display. Uh, so, that's my number five. Nice. Uh, my number four is going to be a little bit of nostalgia effect for me. Uh, Juno with Ellen Page. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it has uh, Jason Bateman, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, yeah. And uh, um, the guy from the insurance commercials. <laughs> I don't know his name. I don't know. Jennifer Garner's in it too. 
still guy I'm talking about, but her dad. Right. But I mean, I I remember seeing this movie when I was in eighth or ninth grade. My first real serious girlfriend, and we saw it together. It was like <laughs> life changing because back then it was like a real threat to get pregnant. I bet you were that age, so. Yeah, it, like uh, it resonated. But uh, I, I mean, Ellen Page is good in anything she's in. Yeah, she's a really good actress. Yeah, and I thought she portrayed the character very well, and uh, more so than than now. It really resonated with me. I could not not put it on my list. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm a huge Michael Sarah fan, and. Coming off super bad, especially, I went in thinking... Yeah, I mean, Zombieland, he was great in. I thought it was going to be a lot funnier, though, Juno, because coming off super bad and stuff. But yeah. it's just, it's a good, solid movie. I like it. But I just was uh, slightly disappointed. But it is a good story. I just thought, what you were more of the age. Did you think it was over the top with how the kids talked? Like, uh, I mean, a little bit. But I think trying to, like... Uh manifest my 15 year old mind I don't think so alright I thought it was I think I bought it to it especially sitting next to my girlfriend in the movie theater right then like <laughs> I had a few scares in that kind of sense and I can understand the words it's very nerve wracking stop bragging that you had sex at 15 years old well I'm just saying it's just like it's <laughs> nerve wracking at that age I know I hear you well, I didn't hear you when I was that age. <laughs> but I've still had scares when I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. And then legitimate I, 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 thought they, I thought it was very well, especially with the Christ that I'm ashamed to not remember the actual artist that wrote the song. Uh, Junior Soundtrack. I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up real quick because... The, the the woman that wrote their songs is incredible. It's um uh, it, uh peaches, mossy peaches or something. Let me see. Sonic Youth. No mossy peaches. The moldy peaches. Moldy peaches. All right. That's it. Yeah, I mean, well, the woman that. The woman that wrote that soundtrack is an incredible artist, and uh, she's even teamed up with one of my favorite rap rappers, uh, ASAP Rock. They did an album together, but uh, Alan Page and Michael Sarah did a great job lip singing that song. Well, actually, I think they played it themselves. Yeah, they sang it. Themselves. No, yeah, that is an awesome part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. My number four is, I got a lot of <laughs> movies that have been in a lot of my top fives on this list. It's, uh, it's classic time, but my number four is Amelie. Speaking of French girls, this is a French movie starring a French girl. And, uh, <laughs> You'll say. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a very cutesy movie. It's very, like, uh, artsy. It's, like, Hard to explain, but I've rewatched it recently. It holds up tremendously well. It's about this girl as she's going through life and just how she intermingles herself with 
it's like a, just a very character-driven story, and <laughs> <laughs> there's not much plot to it that I can recall. But it's uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely one of my favorite foreign language movies of all time. Just love the character. Love just the vibe that the movie gives off. It's a very feel-good movie. Uh, high uh, high concept in a way, so dig it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that didn't sell you on it, I don't know. What no, it's awesome. <laughs> I just... Uh... No, I was just thinking, I'm reminiscing now. <laughs> About what? That's watching you now. <laughs> All right, what's <laughs> your number three? But uh, my number three is Virgin Suicides with, uh, please help me with this, Cameron D. No, not <laughs> Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten Dunst, yeah. <laughs> No, I love Virgin Suicides. Have you seen it? I remember. I haven't seen it, but I remember you were talking about it. With yeah, the, we, we've talked about it before. And I I love the movie as a whole, completely, and we should probably review it sometime. All right, yeah, I'm up for that. And uh, I don't know. It's just like it's tricky the way the whole movie works out. It's very like. Uh, Mentally stimulating. <laughs> stimulating. <laughs> I like I like stimulating better, for sure. <laughs> All right, my number three. <laughs> You gotta get yourself together. probably gonna leave that in because I love it but and I don't feel like editing ever again so <clears throat> was that it <laughs> my number three is Mulholland Drive have you seen it yeah you have I'm shocked uh, I think it's an amazing movie it's a really trippy like what the hell is going on movie where uh, an actress, like, I can't, I am losing my mind. I can't remember anything. An actress is in Hollywood 
and she gets into a car accident. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then all kinds of crazy shit happens. <laughs> uh, man. <clears throat> This is what happens when you're sick with a fever all week, and then it's time to practice. Uh, yeah, Mahone Drive, classic story. Um, <laughs> as I think of the actress's name, I was going to say Kate Blanchett, but it's not. It's, um, fuck, it's uh, Naomi Watts is the main actress in... Yeah, it's like a, a movie where halfway through it kind of completely changes and gets weirder and weirder, and you got to figure out what the meaning of it all was. And I don't know. I just I just thought it was uh, incredibly well made. David Lynch, freaky psychedelic movie. What did you think? Oh, never mind. You actually haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> I thought you said you had, so... Okay, what's your number two? Two? One of the top five? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is La La Land. Nice. Emma Watson and uh, Brian Gosling. It's not Emma Watson. Emma... <laughs> Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stoned right now. <laughs> um, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh it's a good movie. I uh was like the sole defender of it when we were reviewed it on the podcast a few uh months back. Yeah, I I really I really enjoyed the movie as a whole. I think Ryan Gosling was the high point of that. She probably won an Oscar over her, but well, he's not in the best actress category. Well, clearly Emma Watson. Emma <laughs> Stone. One of the best actors. Yeah. Well, Ryan Gosling's the best part of anything. The man can do no wrong. He's amazing. That's Bob's man love. <laughs> yes. I'm but, glad to hear you liked the movie, though. No, I liked... I'm a big fan of... I've said it a bunch, how movies come full circle and... That movie really didn't even come full circle. Gave you like uh, an imaginative take on how things could have been. For sure, for sure. My number, you know what I mean? My number two, Black Swan. The Darren Aronofsky movie. Uh, as Natalie Portman as the ballerina uh, really puts you in the mind of maybe not a mind you want to be in, but you are definitely put in this perspective of this girl as she goes through this mental breakdown and uh it's intense very intense and i love the movie it's in my top 30 of all time that's a movie i've never seen you would love it because i love it well it's it's got like not a horror movie but it's got got some horror vibes yeah yeah psychological thriller what's your favorite woman-led movie of all time Debbie See, I, was gonna, I was thinking it was Silence of the Lambs <laughs> but I feel like that's too much of a given I'm going to go with Spirited Away alright Spirited Away is a, an anime movie and it's definitely to a certain taste but oh it's a beautiful movie beautiful artwork great story 
Yeah, I'm not like an anime person as much as my brothers Joel and Dave are. But, uh, God, this movie grabs you and you can't look away once you're into it. It's incredible. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's not my favorite of Studio Ghibli's films, but uh, it's certainly a, an amazing movie. Definitely deserving of the spot you've placed it in. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I'm, I'm not like I said, I wasn't. I'm not a person of uh, anime movies, and I'm almost like a uh, naysayer of them. But this movie is you can't turn away from. I'm starting to not believe that because you love Death Note. That thing was not animated. Based off anime. Yeah, well, based off is different. Gotcha, gotcha. My number one is an oldie, but a goodie. A classic film in the science fiction horror genre. It's been on many of lists. It's the original Alien starring Ripley. I believe it. Or not. Uh, Ripley Scott directed it. Ridley Scott directed it, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, one of the best movies ever made. Talked about it many times. Um, just can do no wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I remember seeing that for the first time as a young, young kid. And uh, I don't know what the aliens' names are, but they rip out the chest. Xenomorphs, chest bursters. Yeah, yeah. they're terrifying. Yeah. I remember the Sega Genesis games. Or even the, what was the one? Uh... Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, it was Genesis, right? It was that off-brand as uh, that Charlie and Scott had. It was 3D uh, Jaguar. Yeah, Jaguar. Yeah, that was right. a scary game. It was very scary. Yeah. Very terrified. <laughs> Any honorable mentions? Yeah, I got uh, Wizard of Oz. Yep. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, for sure. I thought Gaga that definitely lived up to be on this list, at least as an honorable mention. Yeah, cool. Um, how about you? I have Gone Girl, which the, the 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 woman in question is not a main character until like the second half of the movie, but That's what, uh, Ben Affleck and um, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, I was thinking of her with... Uh, uh, Scar- Walking Phoenix and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's an amazing movie too. But have you seen Gone Girl? No, I have not. Jesus Christ, get your shit together! <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Uh, I have Zero Dark Thirty on here. Love Jessica Chastain. She's like the Ryan Gosling for the actresses. You think so? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Melancholia. Rosemary's Baby, and I have Fargo in here. It's more. I feel like it's more of a. Is the Ben Affleck look? <laughs> no, this is the Coen Brothers movie from the mid '90s. Uh, one of the best movies of all time. Marge Gunderson is probably the main character, but I feel like it's more of a, you know, a conglomerate of characters. So I didn't put it on the list, but it would have been my number one if uh, if I did. Yeah. Sounds about right. All right, cool. What else you been watching, brother? Um, I've been watching. See you on uh, live, brother. You go first, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I watched Transformers the last night, the newest one. 
was it? Awful. Completely terrible. Worst of them all, I think, which is saying something. Well, no. Still the second one, I think, is by far the worst. Who directed them? Uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. With, uh... LaBeouf. LaBeouf is not out. He's... I mean, he's out. He's not in the movies anymore. It's Mark Wahlberg replaced uh, LaBeouf. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking... It's awful. It's incoherent. The special effects, they might be good kind of in a technical level, but they're, they're weightless. It's just like tin cans crashing into each other. It's all the same. It's so freaking long and convoluted, and it's terrible. It's in every way. Three out of ten. That does not sound very good. Check it out. <laughs> what do you uh, got? Let's go back and forth. All right. Well, uh, my first one is The Founder. Cool. Yeah. The uh, story how McDonald's came about. Which is, uh, what's the guy's name? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah. He plays the guy that, uh, um, Rat. steals basically the idea of the family restaurant. Fast food, yeah. Ray Kroc. Which, which Ray. becomes fast food, yeah. He basically steals the idea of like a, uh, like a machine line to make food, which becomes fast food. And he goes behind their back and... And the milkshakes. Don't forget the milkshakes. Don't forget the milkshake machine. Because he wanted the mil- milkshake machine bad. Yeah, that was basically the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Michael Keaton oversold it a little bit, but it was a good movie as a whole. The yeah. guy that plays one of the McDonald brothers was also in the, uh, the Zodiac movie. Yes. Which uh, I also watched that on Netflix too. What did you think of that? Zodiac movie? Yeah, Zodiac. I thought it was a great movie with a big, empty ending. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was... Could have been better. (sighs) Oh my gosh. See, that was the movie where first time I watched it, I thought, wow, this was such a great first half, and then I didn't like the second half. Yeah, I just... But then, I mean, I knew the Zodiac killings had never been solved. But I rewatched it, and I think it's a masterpiece. I, I think it was a great movie for sure. Um, but I thought they could have tied the knot a little better. <sighs> I think if... Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't argue you because at one time I didn't love it as much as I do now. But I also watched uh, the history of the Eagles. Who you ever seen it on Netflix? No. The Eagles, probably the best American band of all time. Come on. Um, probably yeah. Who's the Eagles again? <laughs> uh, Hotel California. Desperado. Hotel California. Ah. Yeah. I mean, they're good. They're good, but I mean, they're. Well, if you watch the documentary, you'd understand. Like maybe I'll watch it. You should, because I mean, Hotel California. Uh, it's Joe Walsh is a big part of that song. Joe Walsh wasn't even a part of the Eagles for years and years. The song Desperado, which you know, the song that that was a fucking flop. 
until uh God, I'm brain fart uh was a female singer back then. She covered they wrote the song, they recorded it and uh she covered it and that was what made that song the hit. Oh really? Yeah. Was it uh Joan Jet? No. <laughs> uh Blondie? No. Damn it, it was uh Celine Dion. Come on, get real. <laughs> it was the best probably finger, female singer of all time. You're Aretha Franklin. No. I got nothing. Look it up, Desperado. Look it ah, up. all right. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better American band. Yeah, trying to think of one. Rush. They're Canadian shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every band I think of is either from the UK British. or yeah. Eels are the best American band of all time. Uh, Silver Chair. That's Australian. Never mind. Uh, I need to do this. Uh, fuck. Desperado. Oh, that's because the. Ah, God damn it! Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. Yes. Yes. Linda Ronstadt. Yep. She deserves every mention she should get. She's the best female vocalist in America of all time, probably. I'm googling best American bands. Keep talking. I mean, she made the talk about something. Her, else. <laughs> her and uh, uh, damn it, Adele. Uh, no, no, I'm she... talking about their their saga. The freaking the Beach Boys are better than Eagles. No, they're not. The Doors. They're not. Metallica, Nirvana. Bob, we're talking about like 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 I said, you know the hotel song Hotel California. Yeah, it's a, a good song. That was after years of conglomerating amongst the best artists of all time in America. They came up with that. Don't forget the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> but you got uh, no Boston is the best. Pretty Boston, good though. Probably yeah. Boston's pretty good. All right. Anyway, yeah. it's a great documentary. I, I would recommend anybody watch it. Okay, I watched the documentary. But that would yeah. Indie game the movie. Have you seen this? I'm not. It's on Netflix. It's a great documentary. I would definitely check it out. You like video games, so yeah. It's a it's a look at two indie games as they're being developed towards release. Which I mean, this came out five six years ago, so it was Super Meat Boy and Fez. Have you heard of yeah. these games? Yeah, it's about their production and like. Getting indie games out and trying to go the indie game route when this was a thing that was kind of just getting started. And then it also follows the creator of Braid, the indie game Braid, and just kind of reflects on the, his success of that. Um, and I just thought it was a great little uh, 
documentary, great stories, great characters. Um, I actually watched it three o'clock in the morning. Uh, been sick all week, so I, I've been watching a lot of stuff. And uh, woke up with a fever, middle of the night, couldn't sleep, so I put it on and watched the whole thing. Loved it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've already reviewed this on this podcast, but uh, who's got to play the on the office? God's glasses. Steve Carell. The guy next to Jim. Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. He's a next to a Netflix exclusive. Exclusive. Are you drunk? <laughs> Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, the movie, I think. Or some lake or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I did a, um, I watched it recently. It's, uh... Fuck. It's okay. It's like... Documentary? No, it's a movie. It came out not long ago on Netflix. Are you thinking of Ozark? No. I don't know. I don't know. Well, look it up. I'm trying. You watched it? Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Uh, what's the actor's name? Dwight Schrute. It's not the actor's name. The character's name? The character's name is Dwight Schrute. The actor is something okay. else. Last Days in Vietnam? No, it's something like... Jesus Camp? No, it's something like... <laughs> it's not even... It's like a year old, Tops. I don't know, man. It's like a Netflix uh, original. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought you were up on, up on your Netflix originals. <laughs> Apparently not. All of them. Alright. Move on. But I watched it and I was like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be terrible. It, it's, uh, it's twice the Quite the plot twister. All right, good stuff. Um, I watched Batman The Killing Joke, which is an animated movie based off the iconic storyline from the comic that I never read. And uh, it was terrible. The movie was terrible. They apparently there's all this stuff with Batgirl that they added in that just didn't work at all. So I'll give that a four out of ten. I watched The Bad Batch, which is a it's a movie from this director who I loved her first movie or at least it was her last movie that came out. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night it was one of my favorite movies of that year. So I was really looking forward to see what she did next. And this is like a Mad Max style post-apocalyptic world. Just down and dirty, like trying to survive and gangs. And it was really disappointing. Um, just 
found it. I mean, it looked great visually. It was good performances, but man, it just was super boring. So that was a disappointment. Five out of ten for that. And lastly, I watched movie-wise. First, they killed my father, a Netflix original movie, directed by Angelina Jolie. How was it? Uh, it was pretty darn good. It was pretty good. Um, oh, any game in the movie, I gave eight and a half out of ten. By the way, uh, but first they killed my father. I gave it like a seven out of ten. Solid movie, beautiful visually, some interesting camera work. Uh, really puts you like in and out of of uh, of the perspective of this little girl. It's all it takes place in Cambodia. It's completely foreign language. Um, and it's basically in Cambodia, right after the U.S. pulled out of of Cambodia to during Vietnam. the Vietnam, and and this girl, as she goes from living a pretty normal life to kind of being forced to be a little military soldier, and her family's journey, and it's a pretty uh de- like depressing movie, but it's well made. It's pretty good. Uh, I'd recommend it. Yeah, I thought I've heard all the hate about that. It was just Angelina and Julie directing it. What hate? Well, I heard the only hate that it gets was that Angelina and Julie directed it. Oh, she's directed other movies. Well, just like the... Uh, Cinematography? Not, not whitewashing, but similar to that. You know I mean? Yeah, I guess she she has citizenship in Cambodia. I think maybe she's adopted some kids from there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if that's the story she wants to tell, I don't know. I don't got a problem with it. I heard it was powerful. When I've, I've it's pretty good. It. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Also, TV-wise, I watched the Survivor premiere. Season, guess which season? 36. 35. Did I already tell you? We talked about it last time. Oh, okay. Yeah, season 35 of Survivor premiered. And um, shout out to Josh Wiggler's uh, podcast series, First One Out, which is a preseason podcast he did on location when they were filming, where he interviewed all the, you know, the host, Jeff Probst, the contestants. And it's like eight to ten hours of just getting you completely invested in the season before it even starts and it's amazingly well done what yeah it's an hours yeah brilliant i wish it would it's over now because it ended with finding out who the first person was out and talking to him and all this but i wish it was going on the whole season because it really Talk gives you an inside look. Oh, I listen to at least 10 hours a week of Survivor Podcasts. Good Lord. Rob has a podcast shout out. Um, but yeah, season 35, because of that, I was like invested immediately in the season. I knew who everybody was, even though it's all new people. Uh, it felt like mid-season during the premiere. But overall, first episode was pretty uh, pretty disappointing. Not Not much action happening, but... I still like the cast. I like where things could be headed. So, looking forward to the season. So, what does Survivor do these days that makes it people keep watching? It's just, uh, you know, same, pretty much the same setup. I mean, as do always. people basically uh, 
The game is much more fast paced now. It's like people are more. Basically, you have to have people on their hands and knees. Oh, it's not about the survival aspects. It's about the uh, voting people out, alliances. Like, people are more willing to jump from alliance to alliance and blindside people, and there's more immunity idols. It's, uh. It's the greatest game. It's crazy. I haven't watched Survivor in a long time. Watch this season. I probably won't, but... (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I don't don't see what... uh, I mean, I understand what your aspects of, like, Big Brother and Survivor get you. It's strategy, baby. Yeah, And social interactions and... Fucking people are... Yeah, man. The greatest game ever invented. But what I was talking about was Ray Wilson in the Shimmer Lake. Shimmer Lake. Oh yeah, I think I heard of that. It's a great movie. Is it? Kind of came and went without any much. Noise. I liked it. Okay. It was a. Uh, it's like a reverse. Reverse movie. You know what I mean? Told from the start to the uh, end. Okay. And... Like irreversible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would, I would recommend watching it for sure. Okay, I would give that like a heavy seven. Nice. Uh, season three of Fuller House came out, and I've already seen it ten times. Thanks, Fuller House. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Mackenzie. That's my daughter's favorite show in the world. Whenever a new season comes out, she just watches it on repeat for a month or so until she finds something else. And then she'll eventually go back to it, and wow, it's so bad. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. It's worse than you can imagine, but I did watch well, it. Was, that was like the the ploy of the like '90s sitcoms was they're very corny, but they got yeah. But I can imagine it's so bad now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely for kids, so I can't really complain too much. That's like uh, Girl Meets World. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, recently, uh, last year's biggest new hit television series, This Is Us, I finally, me and, what, me and Sam decided to check it out, so we started season one on uh, This Is Us, and it's a really good show for a network television yeah, we sure. brought this up the last podcast. Damn it, we did? Well, just that we'd never seen it. Oh, okay. I wanted to watch it. Yeah, I would definitely check it out. It's really good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've only watched a couple episodes, so going to work my way through. 18 in the first season, and the second season just started, so I'll, I'll uh, check in when I'm all caught up. But that's all I've been watching. Yeah, I mean... Uh... It's crazy, like with Netflix and cable TV... You don't even have a cable DVD, do you? No, just PlayStation View. Yeah, so. There's like all kinds of stuff I watch. Like, I'll turn on Netflix and can't decide what I want to watch. Yeah, that's a problem. First row problems. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for sure. But it's definitely <laughs> something that happens when you're on Netflix. It's like, yeah. you spend 20 minutes just cycling through and then say, ah, oh, fuck it, and <laughs> turn it off. Yeah. Alright, All right, let's get to our final points and get out of here. It's a crazy episode this week, but I'm in, I'm in it. 
Yeah. Um, you want to go first or me too? Uh, I'll go first. I just wanted to talk about how freaking hyped Blade Runner 2049 is getting right now. Jared Leto looks great in it. Ryan Gosling, you mean? Um, Jared Leto is not in Blade Runner? He is, but I think you meant Ryan Gosling looks great. I thought Jared Leto looked great in it. I haven't seen anything with him yet, but oh, well, he did a clip with one of uh, Jimmy Fallon on Late Show. Oh, okay, he's blind, right? Yeah, he's talking about how the contact lenses—he was really blind. He is the biggest fucking piece of shit in the world. <laughs> I hate Jared Leto so bad. I don't mind him. He is a pretentious, full of himself douchebag. Well, he can be. I mean, he's a very talented guy. I mean... He's got one of the top bands in the world. He's one of the top actors. When he played the Joker, he's sending his castmates, like, used condoms in the mail to be part of the character. What an idiot. That might be a little bit over the top. But... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's Blade Runner 2049. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes with 42 reviews. It's got 85 on Metacritic. People are saying we have our next sci-fi masterpiece on our hands. Like, I'm, I'm all of a sudden, I'm, like, super excited for it. I was already looking forward to it, but since I didn't really like the original Blade Runner all that much, and I don't know, I just love the director and, of course, Ryan Gosling. Looks great in this, just like he looks great in anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was already excited, but then these reviews really getting me amped. I want to use my movie pass to go see it uh, as soon as it comes out. Yeah. But I really what I, what I wanted to talk about was like, you know, what sets, what gets you excited for a movie other than just like, you know, the basic premise. Like what... What really gets you starting to look forward to a movie more or less? Like what is lately? It? It's it's more it's more like like the the it the it uh, revamp Jeepers Jeepers Creepers three. But or like, something. what is it about? Like why why are you, what makes you get excited nostalgia. for a, a movie more nostalgia? Okay, in that sense. But I mean, I on newer movies and new ideas and. Probably just more about the premise and the the it factor. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, I think it's like I set my expectations with the premise, the director, the people that are behind it, and then a trailer will come out. I try not to let trailers really do too much to affect my anticipation because a trailer could be bad and a movie could be good, or a trailer could be good and a movie could be bad. It really makes no difference, but... I feel like, and even sometimes the critics' first responses, it's like you can't really trust it. But when it's unanimous praise or unanimous hate, that's when I'm I'll start to alter my opinions. Like there's been plenty of movies where I'm like, oh, I really want to see this, and it's gets like slaughtered by the critics. Like everyone hates it. Then I like set my expectations lower. Yeah, for sure. Like Baywatch I, <laughs> this year. Yeah. But I try not to follow it too much, like the Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. And 
because I find I've seen a bunch of good movies, a bunch of really great movies that have been slaughtered by critics like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'll, of course, I'll still give something a chance, and I'm not going to let it dictate my opinion, but just to, as far as expectations and how much I'm, like, you know, raring to go to see this movie opening night. Yeah, I think it really lends to, like, your individual tastes and how you develop into the characters on your own personal uh, opinion. Like, I love Voidbird and Blizzard, and I thought the plot twists were great, and you hate that movie. I don't like hate that, it. You know what I mean? I don't hate it, but... But uh, just for example, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I think it lends, movies lend to people's individual tastes. For sure. Absolutely agree. All right, what's your final point? Uh, my final take is, uh, like, uh, the Red Dead Redemption news trailer came out, which I don't know how hyped about it you are. I am super hyped about that game. Not very. Did you ever play the first one? I dabbled. I played for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, well, that's where you fell, fell short there. Well, I, play, <laughs> I played it like, I don't know, this year. And it was on PlayStation Now. And the graphics didn't hold up, I didn't think. And yeah, of course, because it's a seven-year-old game. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a fair shake. I'm not, I agree. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Well, I'll rent it. But My final point really was just about Rockstar as a whole. Not a fan. What I really, really. Yeah, I don't know. Go with your point. I'll. I'll... So you never played Grand Theft Auto Five? No. (laughs) Okay. We'll leave it there. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Grand Theft Auto. I remember being kids with you sitting in the room I'm sitting in now in the basement playing Grand Theft Auto Two top down screen. Yeah, those are way way better than the the newer ones. Grand Theft Auto 3 was the first, like, 3D open-world game on a console. Grand Theft Auto 4 was groundbreaking. Grand Theft Auto 5, I cannot believe you haven't played it. What makes it different than the other ones? Uh, basically, you're just dropped into fucking Los Angeles in open-world. You can do whatever you want, but you can also change between three different people play these missions that are so good and so immersive and the single, fun. The single player actually matters or is anything? Now? Absolutely. The single player is all it's actually about. I've never even played the multiplayer. I just mean like GTA to me is so overrated because it, this is why I don't necessarily love open world games. It's like all I want to all you end up doing is just driving around wrecking shit or doing stupid stuff that is meaningless. Not the case. No story, nothing. Well, there's a story. I mean, you could affect things and... I mean, it's spoiler, but you can affect how the whole game turns out and you end up killing a character at the end of the last mission. That affects your whole... It affects everything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I, really dig their... The Rockstar aesthetic for some reason. But I, I should try GTA 5. I mean, there's a reason they broke all Call of Duty's records. I'll leave it at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The masses love it. I don't know. Well, it's, it, it lends... It, it 
it's because Grand Theft Auto 4 was so good that Grand Theft Auto 5 came out with such a big ovation to that. Was 4 was the Russian guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems wrong, but... you can do a lot in it. I don't know. It's just not my kind of game. I think you'd like it. I mean, you're more of like a simulation uh, franchise kind of guy, but... Um, but what lends me to what, what I was saying was uh, Red Dead Redemption, the first one. I didn't play the whole story through the first time for a while, and it's it's incredible. And that it has like a movie-esque-ness to like the story mode. So I'm very excited to see what they do uh, to the second one. Like my fir- my favorite video game by far of all time is uh, L.A. Noir. That's Rockstar, right? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. I heard I the still, first half is great, second half is not so much. I thought the whole game was incredible. I mean, the whole aspect of the whole game, interrogations and mystery solving, I love it. But uh, mainly what I want to say was I'm very excited what they can do with Red Dead Redemption 2. I hope this game comes out with a huge release, huge reception, and my uh, wet dream is them to come out with another L.A. Noir. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. But. Yeah, I heard the studio that really produced the game folded a long time ago. Well, I think, well, they are, like, remastering it, I think. Yeah. They're going to re- re-release it with the updated graphics and stuff like that. Which would be cool. I still play it, but I played it like seven times already. <laughs> yeah, I I, saw, I watched the trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, the graphics look great. Um, is that the same character from the first game? Uh, well, spoiler: like the guy, Chris, uh, I forget his name now, but he dies in the game, and they play his son, and so I don't see how it could be. Okay. <laughs> he might be his son later in life, I suppose. Uh, the, my biggest issue with the game is it feels, at least the first one felt a little clunky. I always feel like the Rockstar games feel clunky control-wise, and especially with action, like shooting guns, I feel like it's too clunky and bulky. Yeah. See, I disagree because I feel like it's too auto-lock. Do they have auto-lock? Yeah. Oh, well, then I can kill. That's what I love. Yeah. Because I suck at video games, so I need auto lock. Yeah, especially Red Dead Redemption is like super auto lock. Yeah, like right. a lasso, you can like pull people off horses. Fine, I'm pre ordering it when we get and done. Hog tie them and then put them in front of a train and let them get run over. <laughs> I mean, I love doing that. I got frustrated when I was playing Red Dead Redemption and I just started shooting everybody in the town. Well, because Red Dead Redemption was like, I think, one of the only Rockstar games that they have this bar where you'd be a good guy, you can be a bad guy. But it and was like, depending on it how was many just like, like, you kill out of nowhere, you'd go down. If you kill people, see, like, how GTA works, it's like you have a one level. Yeah. But. In Red Dead Redemption, if you killed like a random person, your bar towards being a good person would go down, and then you'd have a, a, a money on your head. And anytime you went near, near a town, people would recognize you. 
and try to kill you hunt it down by like bounty hunters you know what i mean yeah so it's like a different style i don't know i was in the town i started killing everyone and then it just all out of nowhere people it's like the police in gta it's because you have a bounty on your head well i was a badass for 20 which minutes. i think what will be uh refined in this newer game i'm very excited for it yeah it does look cool so i'll give it a shot I'll steal your Xbox and your copy of the game when it comes out. And... Yep. <laughs> All right. I need to go home. <laughs> I already am home. <laughs> you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Fallon. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And we will see you next time when we review a ghost story. Bye.